your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to you a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is, yeah, that's like the guy just said, the talking text line if you want to get in here. Now's a good time to do that if you feel like you, you want to sound off on arming teachers in schools, which is what the Wisconsin Republican Assembly speaker threw out today. Let's arm the teachers. They don't have enough responsibilities. Uh, armed patrols in schools, maybe just tanks in the parking lot. Uh, anyway, so that was the thing. It just seems a little ludicrous to arm teachers for me. That's just where I'm at. Uh, you know, as opposed to having uh, armed patrols in schools or just a heightened police force in schools, still looks a little bit more like a prison than a school to me. It always makes me uncomfortable. As we, you know, still recover from the news uh, a couple of days ago in Texas, where where 19 elementary students were killed, uh, we could talk about more guns or less guns. But in Wisconsin legislature, I'll remind you again: the state legislature is out of session right now. They've been out of session for over two months. A couple of weeks, it'll be three months. So, well over two months. They're out of session for the rest of this year. Democratic Governor Tony Evers has called nine special sessions over his, I believe, over his, you know, four years here. I think it's nine, and most of those have come in the last probably two and a half years. And they've been, every one of them has been ignored, including one on guns. And not banning guns, like background checks and red flag laws. So we might get into that in a little bit. On the show with me today is Tom Nelson, who's running for U.S. Senator. Also, he's the he represents my parents' district. So my dad apparently just not doesn't have anything good to say about. No, I'm just I did tell my my parents that I was I was going to have him on today, and my dad does my dad does call his uh, state reps and bug them on the phone sometimes. So I, I'll ask Tom if he knows Mr. Rod Solom and if he's. Getting get a hard time from my dad on the phone. But yeah, go check out the story, wisdomnews.com. That's up there, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss talking about uh, arming the teachers. And that wasn't the only thing he said, but that one's that's going to get the headlines, right? That's what we're going to talk about. Like, let's arm the teachers. And Governor Tony Evers said, hey, let's, let's, let's meet. Let's come to some gom- common ground. Let's talk about this. And Robin Voss said, nope, that's disingenuous. You're not even really, pre- you're just pretending that you want to say that. So, you know, when the governor says, hey, let's get together and talk about this stuff, and the Republican goes, eh, you're just, you're not really serious about that, disingenuous, <laughs> so what do you do? Like, you can't, then you can't, nobody comes to the table to talk? Also, state legislature, nine months. They, they're off for nine months. They're the full-time state legislature. My state legislature in Minnesota just wrapped up their session they have a, like a $10 billion budget deficit or budget deficit, budget surplus, the total opposite of that. They have a $10 billion budget surplus. They might meet in special session. So where Wisconsin legislature has a $4 billion budget surplus, they're not doing anything with it. And then they're off for nine months. Minnesota, they're, they're, they're talking about a special session now because they couldn't come to terms with how to distribute that money back to the taxpayers. Republicans in Wisconsin, eh, we're going to keep it. All right, we'll go to the phones. Is this Tom? Yes, sir. Go ahead. This is Tom. Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead. I'd just like to say we already do background 
background checks if you go to buy a gun in the state of Wisconsin. At a gun show? I just thought I'd... Okay. If you're a if you're a licensed dealer at a gun show, yes. Okay. So what about if uh, what about uh, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace? Can I sell you guns there? Buy a gun. You can't buy a gun on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Okay. So what are what are they talking about? Extensive background checks? More background checks? I, I don't know what what he's talking about. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. And we'll definitely talk about this. Maybe Tom Nelson will clarify for us when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Tom Nelson on with me now in a second. Once I get Bob Seeger out of here, the mouse is too far away from me, Tom. How are you, how are you Tom? <laughs> good, good, I guess. I'm calling in from your old stomping grounds, huh? I called my mom right before right before the show. I go, hey, I have Tom Nelson on today. And then my mom and my dad's yelling at her in the background. Oh, yeah, I call him about this and that. And he calls me back. I really appreciate it when he calls me back. And I'm like, he calls you back? Time to call my dad back. How much, well, dad, <laughs> dad, how much are you uh, harassing the state senator? I feel like you don't have time for... I mean, isn't three quarters of your your you you politicians' time just spent on the phone trying to get campaign money? <laughs> Maybe like sixty uh, percent of the time. No, just kidding. No, it is no. This is and, and and I'm glad you brought that up there because I've you know I've been in I'm, I'm not county executive before I was in the state legislature, but you know you you know the bread and butter of a local official and people like Jen Schilling will say this to you. And it's and Brad Path too will say it's all you know constituent work. It's taking constituent calls, it's knocking on doors. Between my time in the state legislature and as county executive, knocked on over seventy thousand doors. So I, I mean, I basically had a personal relationship with the constituents in my district when I was in the assembly. And I think, personally speaking, I think that is the most rewarding part of the job because one, you know, you're doing your job, and two, you can see a difference, real concrete difference you're making in people's lives. All right, and Tom Nelson is on with me now. He's he's running for U.S. Senate. So you're trying to go up the ladder here, running in for Ron Johnson's seat. He's running for his third term, I think Ron Johnson is. And this is how politics work. This is how the media works. Uh, something tragic happens. It takes over the media. It's the only thing we talk about now. We're doing this parade again on gun legislation. Uh, do, do you, what's your take on, on everything that's happening? Robin Voss has armed the teachers now, ban other people, ban AR-15s. Governor Evers, I think, you know, referred to the 2019 special election when, or special special session, I should say, that Republicans ignored, gavel in and out in a couple of seconds on some. Uh, now, a caller just called me, background checks. That was part of the special session. The caller just called me and said, we do background check. Can you explain to me what the special session couple years ago was about red flag laws, background checks? Yeah, there were a number of bills. I was in the Assembly at the time, though, but basically it was a set of, you know, common sense legislation that would go a long way in reducing the risk of gun violence. And the Republicans gaveled in and gaveled out and took no action on it. Now, I mean, Robin Voss isn't known for coming up with the best ideas, but it's interesting that he wants to arm teachers. Well, the first question should be this. Do the teachers want to be armed? I mean, it has come to a point where 
Uh, I mean, things have completely got out of control. This is an idea that just even a couple of years ago was just completely crazy. I mean, when I was in the Assembly 16 years ago, there was a pretty right-wing legislator who proposed this, and everyone, I think, including Robin Voss, you know, dismissed the idea as they should. I think that there are so many common-sense proposals that that enjoy widespread public support, everything from comprehensive background checks to red flag to a red flag laws, you know, really simple things that I think will go a long way in, in keeping guns out of the hands of criminals and people that shouldn't be having them. So the word there is comprehensive, right? We don't do a comprehensive background check. So a- well, right, 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 right. There, there are a lot of loopholes, and there is what they call a Charleston loophole. And so there was the shooting in Charleston. And what happened is the shooter went in, bought a gun, and uh, basically what happened is this thing called pass and review. So after a certain amount of days, if the, you know, whatever um, the authority is does not get back to uh, the gun dealer, they can let the sale go through. And that's one example of how they have these loopholes. And so there really isn't a lot of opposition to background checks, and yet this is something that, that, that people like Ron Johnson, Republican legislatures, um, stop from happening. And as a result, our communities are less and less safe. Uh, Ron Johnson is talking about the Alex Luke. Uh, that's not the official name for it, but just the the, the idea that we, uh, Ron Johnson, in terms of helping you know solidify the schools, is proposing a bill that's already law, and it's it's in the realm of the Roe versus Wade being overturned. Like I think the Senate and the 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 House are talking about codifying Roe versus Wade. Uh, so Ron Johnson is just talking about a law that's already in the books that's not going to be overturned that we should codify or codify. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Just the, the idea that that we're we're not addressing the issue at hand, um, and also talking about we should do a thing that we're already doing. All right, I have no idea what he's talking about, but what I do know is what he does not include the things I just talked about: red flag laws, um, uh, comprehensive background checks. Things of that nature. I mean, I think one of the proposals he's putting forward is like sharing best practices. I mean, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, one of the best practices about you know stopping a gunman that is coming into a school is heavily armed. Is that really going to be the solution? No. What this comes down to is reducing the risk. As county executive, um, one of the key tenets of public safety is how do you make your community safe? You make your community safe by reducing the risk. Reducing the risk when you're talking about gun violence talks about these simple, basic, common-sense measures that get 70%, 80% of public support that will go a long way in keeping guns, legally keeping guns out of the hands of criminals and, you know, people that... Um, are, you know, the, the very mentally ill and things, you know, things of that sort. We're talking to Tom Nelson running for U.S. Senate. It's hard to do this right now at this time because there's a lot of state issues going on, Tom, and I get you on here. But as a U.S. senator, it seems like the easiest job in the country right now because all you do is not vote on anything because of the filibuster. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why we didn't get rid of the filibuster a long time ago. You know, we have this understanding in democracy that majority rules, but that's simply not the case in Washington. So you've had the filibuster rule that has been preventing very important legislation from getting through 
for years now, for, for decades. And think about this. If we didn't have a filibuster, we would have had civil rights reform back in the 1940s or the 1950s. The reason why we were so late to this is because of the filibuster. So we have to get rid of the filibuster if we're going to make any type of progress on any of these issues. And when I get to Washington, one of the first things that we're going to do is get rid of, rid of the filibuster. Well, um, I think the you know I you know you know I think we should have majority rules. I think that that is something that the voters expect. I think a lot of voters assume that that's what's going on, but it's not. People have caught on to it, and we need to change this. Well, it's a little bit of a hypocrisy to say we're going to get rid of the filibuster because we do get rid of the filibuster for Supreme Court judges. We got rid of it that's for right. that. So yeah, it, yeah, basically it's Swiss cheese, right? I mean. Clearly, you know, you've, you know, some of these senators have been clever by half, and so you can go to reconciliation, and you can avoid, clearly, they know better. They know that this does not, that this is not how a deliberative body should work, so just get rid of it. Stop being clever by it, making exceptions for this, doing it for these judicial appointments. Get rid of it, especially when it comes to issues like um, access to the ballot box, democratic reforms, um, you know, taking, you know, important steps to address gun violence. There's any number of issues that have been kept up that enjoy broad support from the public that can't get passed because of the filibuster. I have a lot of friends, so I'm in my 40s. I have a lot of friends still hampered by student debt. Joe Biden keeps floating this idea that he might cancel it. Um, I have friends that are like, I don't want to pay off my student debt because it might get canceled. And if I pay it off and then two weeks later it gets canceled, I'm going to slap myself in the forehead um, what do you? Where, what's your take on student debt? Because I, I kind of hate the idea yeah. that he floats this the the proposal out there, but I know also like we've put it on pause for a while. But um, it seems kind of infuriating that you, we're, we're just going to keep talking about it and never do anything about it. Uh, yeah, and I'm frustrated too because I think that this is a very simple, easy change, and it's not just going to be something that's going to help people with student debt, though. But this is going to be, um, I mean, this is really going to go a long way to helping the economy. I mean, think about it. Instead of being, um, I have, um, I have um, a volunteer from my campaign who's at UW Madison who's got forty thousand dollars worth of debt, and that's a reasonable amount. So if they didn't have $40,000 of debt, they're $40,000 closer to buying a house, starting a family. All of these things are being prevented because of the crushing student debt. So this is something that is not just going to help those students, though, but it's going to help the community because you're going to free up all this money instead of going, um, you know, being being paid, you know, to pay it off. And, you know, some some bank and, um, you know, on Wall Street, this is going to go right into the, to the communities, you know, buying houses, putting kids to school, increasing tax base and so forth. Is it a contentious issue because uh, all college students are liberals and therefore we're just canceling debt for votes on the left? Well, you said <laughs> that you have student loan debt. Are you a liberal? <laughs> I, I don't have student loan debt. I'm in a lucky position, but I have a lot of friends that do. And yeah, the idea, well, it is. It, I mean, everyone that isn't a college student is going to look at that and go, what about me? Right? Well, I think that this is something that should not have happened in the first place. And question is, you know, what do we do for these students that um, have been saddled with a lot of debt? And I think also, too, that we shouldn't just look at students, though. I think we should look at farm debt. I mean, I think what is overlooked is just how much uh, farm debt is out there, and it is a fraction of what there is in student debt. I don't see why we can't forgive um, a certain amount of farm debt as well, because that would be great for our agricultural communities. So we see that not just with students, we see that up and down the board in so many different 
um, in so many communities and in so many sectors. I think uh, I think that this is something that should go well beyond just student loan debt. Yeah, the idea too, when we, we talk about canceling student debt, some people will go, well, what about the rich people that don't need their student debt canceled? Right away, I, I did this when you mentioned farm debt. I'm like, well, factory farms, should we cancel their debt? And then I'm thinking, well, do factory farms or, or rich farms, I guess, you know, farms that are making tons of profit, do they actually have debt? Do rich students actually go borrow money from the government to pay college tuition? I don't think I don't think that happens that way, does it? No, I mean, and I think the reason why that that you have so many people that are strapped with crushing debt is they aren't making the kind of money. If they were well off, they would have their debt on, under control. They'd be able to pay for that, but they don't. I mean, some people are coming out of school with $100,000, $200,000 worth of debt. I mean, that's going to take you 20, 30 years to pay back, even if you have a good job. So people who are of of less means, they're the ones who are disproportionately affected by student debt to say nothing about how they're prevented from going into their chosen field to make the best of their God-given abilities because they just have to go into a line of work that's going to give them the uh, the cash flow to be able to pay off those. So this is something that can, you know, not only does it prevent you from having a good start in life, though, but it straps you down for years, 10 years, 20 years, and that's completely wrong. I'm a big believer in the social contract. Like, we have really, my job generation has really messed things up. And so whether it's a Green New Deal, whether it's Medicare for All, whether it's forgiving student loan debt, we have got to get our act together, and we need to do all we can to leave our communities safer, um, our state better off, our, our, our planet better off, and there's just so much work to be done, and no one has even, um, you know, we haven't even begun to tackle the challenges we are. And so there's any number of issues that I'm running, and this is a big one, of course. Yeah, I'm, this is a, a text I'm getting right now, Tom. I graduated from college 30 years ago, paid off my student debt. And it, are you, Tom, is the U.S. government, whoever, are you going to pay off, the, are you going to pay them back for paying off their debt years later? Well, I mean, look, I, I, you know, look, okay, that's a fair question, though. But what remains is what are you going to do with the current debt? Do you let these folks suffer? Um, you know, I wish that this is something that we would have done years ago. I mean, I know that this was a big issue when I was in school 24, 25 years ago. Well, how much was college? How much was how much was college for you 25 years ago? Because college seems a little bit more expensive now, along with yeah, everything it else. Is. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, it's, well, I mean, you're about tuition, 60 or $70,000 a year. Uh, I went to I went to school in Minnesota, small college there is about twenty-two, twenty-three $23,000, which um, still was a lot, though, but it wasn't like you came out with tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So somewhere along the line, things just got completely out of control. We should have gotten this done a long time ago. You know, the example from your friend who just sent you that text, you're right, mea culpa. Um, I hope it's not too late for this next generation, but should we have gotten this under control 15 years ago, 20 years ago to help 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 your friend? Yeah, I mean, I wish I was in the Senate and I would have tried to help out at that time. Yeah, this is a listener just texting the show. They're listening. Um, yeah, I mean, you could point to, uh, well, let's go back to my dad. Uh, my dad worked. My mom stayed at home and raised us. Uh, dad was able to help, you know, uh, it, we only need, it was, a, you know, we only had one person working in the home. Nowadays, there's two people working. Uh, the college is more expensive. Paying for the home is more expensive. Uh, everything is more expensive. We'll probably get into that in a minute. I got to take a break. Tom Nelson running for U.S. Senate. Uh, one of, what are we at, Tom? Eight, ten candidates? Do we do we know uh, the number 20, yet? 2025 or something. 20, you guys always do that because I don't think you actually know how many are running because it seems it's, many going, I know. it's very fluid. But uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Ouch. Hey, I'm Tom Nelson. I'm running for the Senate. I'm rooting for the Bucks. But what I'm not rooting for is using your tax dollars to make billionaires richer. 
We paid a quarter of a billion dollars for the Pfizer forum, even more for Foxconn. Every dollar spent was taken from schools, roads, tax relief, things that benefit all of us. Go Bucks. Well, let's end these crooked political deals because the only team that matters is you. I'm Tom Nelson, and I approve this message. All right, Tom, how many times, how many takes before you made that shot on your uh, your commercial here where you're in? I don't know, what's, what, what gym are you in? Um, I was in a local gym and um, just a local school gym. But here's the, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, they can't see it because this is the radio. But in that last scene, I'm throwing it behind, right, over the shoulder. Yeah. And it's going, like, way right. And then the very last of the show, it's going to the hoop, like swish. Yeah. But clearly, I didn't make it. <laughs> the reason why is just, you know, so pronounced, like, so far to the right or to the left, whatever it was, is I was actually pretty accurate. I kept on hitting the rim. It never went through, but it kept hitting the rim. So it was this great trick shot from, like, from, from, from top of the key. And they said, all right, right, okay, fine, you're showing off. Do it for the, because we wanted to kind of be a, you know, a little, a little tongue-in-cheek kind yeah, of humor. Yeah. And so everyone was talking about that, which is part of the point of having a clever ad. People talk about it, they repeat that, and hopefully build some name recognition, get some support along the way. Yeah, all right. And and this is Tom Nelson. He's running for U.S. Senate here in Wisconsin. Okay, so let, let's talk about the Pfizer Forum, because we're kind of talking about, like, Hey, we, we, we're canceling. Are we going to, and this, this is something I, you know, I don't know if you're campaigning on canceling student debt, but it, it is an issue. Hey, let's take tax money and cancel student debt for people. Well, the state of Wisconsin already kind of canceled student debt for, uh, the, the Lazary family. I think there's two owner, two billionaire owners, <laughs> two billionaire owners of the bucks. Um, and I was, it's just baffling to me. So, so Tom, I'm kind of a sports nut. When and and the, the the NBA is a salary cap, but when the Brewers talk about like, hey, uh, this pitcher didn't win arbitration, and so the Brewers are going to save a half a million dollars and not have to pay this pitcher, it just happened the other day. So the dude's out a half a million dollars, and I'm like, well, the owner of the team's like a billionaire, and he gets another five hundred thousand dollars. There's no salary cap in baseball; just pay the guys. Uh, basketball is a little bit different. There's a salary cap, but there's not a salary cap on how much money the the state can give to build a stadium that isn't even ours. So I make this example, Tom. I'm going to build a house, but I'm going to have you pay for it. So you so and then when you want to come over to watch the game, I'm going to have the game on. I'm going to charge you to come over here and watch the game. That's exactly what we do all over the country. The buff the the city of Buffalo is paying a billion dollars to have their billionaires build you know give get a stadium for them. Well, an even better comparison would be okay. So I just cut the cost of your house in half, and now I want to go over and watch the Bucks game or the Brewers game. I got to pay you, but here's the thing is if I want to buy a house next to years, well, my house is going to cost twice as much because the values went up. Now, that's good for general economic development for that community, but for the consumer, the new uh, landowner, that doesn't, that's not really a good deal. And so what happened with the Bucks is they were very successful. The franchise has been very successful, and there's been a public gain because there has been revitalization in downtown Milwaukee, but at the same time, too, you've had three billionaire families seeing the value of their asset, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, you know, quadruple in four or five years. And that was before they won the NBA championship. So the people of this state gave the Lazarus and two other families a quarter of a billion dollars, which will actually turn out to be $800 million and all is said and done. 
to become, you know, even richer. I mean, how much is too much? So when you compare that to, let's say, student loan debt, I mean, what's, you know, there's a pretty big difference between billionaires getting even more richer or a family that 10 years, 15 years after school still is in the hole forty or $50,000. Yeah, it, it that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, we always find a way to pick on the the people that are that are struggling, right? Like people that are right. on food stamps. Hey, you but need they don't to have a voice. Right. They don't you, have a voice. They you, don't vote. They don't have a voice. They don't have any power in society. So why not? It's easy to kick them when they're down. No, that's the reason why, and that's the reason why I'm in public service and why I'm a Democrat. Because there's a lot of folks out there that are kicked around, stepped on, and no one else. Them. No one else stands up and fights for them. And I came from a blue-collar neighborhood in Little Shoot, and on that block, all the dads worked at paper mills, except for my dad, who was a Lutheran pastor. And so I learned two very important lessons growing up. I learned the importance of, of course, serving your community, serving your neighbors. But I also learned some hard lessons growing up that there are people that work hard, play hard, play by the rules, pay their taxes, but they can't get ahead because they don't have the kind of power, they don't have the kind of money that buys influence, that buys quarter of a billion dollar subsidies to make billionaire families even richer. I think that's wrong, and I think it needs to stop. And that's why I made the commercial that I did. It goes to my message that I'm, my experience is your, is, is, is your experience with, with so much hurt and so much challenges out there. We can't afford to give a quarter of a billion dollars to billionaire families. And then you have, in one case, you have the son of one of those families that's trying to buy a U.S. Senate seat in our state. That's even worse. Yeah, you, and you're talking about Alex Lagy. He's one of the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 candidates running for Ron Johnson's seat. <laughs> and he's been on my show. And so in the NBA, we have a salary cap. So you can only pay its, the workers so, many, so much money. And in the real world, we have a salary minimum. You can't pay them less than seven twenty-five right. an hour in Wisconsin. Right? Do we need right. Do we need like a CEO salary cap in in this country where you know you can only make so much so much yeah. more money than your worker, like a percentage yeah. of your worker? I think. Look, I think once you become a billionaire, if you're making over a billion dollars, you know you need a pony up. Okay, you got to where you got not on your own, but you got there because you went to a good school. You got there because you grew up in, in a safe community. You had a strong family. Okay, good on you. It's time to pay back. If you're making over a billion dollars a year, you need to be paying a marginal tax rate of 92%. No one needs more than a billion dollars to live. That's a billion dollars you are taking out of the economy that can be helping out middle-class families and others. I think that's wrong. And I don't think that there's a lot of people in Wisconsin that will challenge that. I think that's pure Wisconsin common sense. Yeah, so anything over a billion, that's the that's the the threshold we're at now? Anything over a billion will be taxed at 92%? I think being generous. Think about that. <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> 92%. That's how it was back in the 1950s. A Republican president by the name of Dwight Eisenhower, the top income bracket was like 90%. Right. That was during a Republican administration a long time ago, but still a Republican administration. What? hear people saying, oh, that's so, so unfair, and that's how it was for many, many years, and now we just can't cut taxes for the rich enough. It's just more. 
And you know, you know this. You know the average Joe, the average family. You know they need some breathing room. They need someone out there standing up and fighting for them. And we don't have that. We simply don't have it. Yes, we've got Democrats that go to Washington that check the boxes. We need to raise the minimum wage. You know, we need to have better access to health care. But no one is taking on these tough issues and actually presenting concrete solutions. No one is talking about how we need to have universal health care. How we are the how we're the richest country in the world, and for some reason we're the only ones that can't afford affordable health care for everyone. I think that's wrong. And I can go on and list issue after issue that even Democrats are not taking on themselves. And people are getting frustrated. And that's the reason why people hate politics. They send millionaire after millionaire to the U.S. Senate. Right now, two-thirds of the U.S. Senate, two-thirds of the U.S. Senate are millionaires. Is that a pretty good cross-section of this country? Well, that's why you're running for Senate. You're not a millionaire yet, but, you know, you want to get in there. Uh, <laughs> um, Don't give me too much credit. Governor Evers, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, floating state and, and national issues here, but Governor Evers issued an executive, was it an executive order today about price-gouging baby formula? And this is something that's, I don't know, we the, the House just passed something like this, the U.S. House, for price-gouging gas companies and then it gets to the Senate, and the Senate doesn't want to vote on it or, or, or filibusters it, so they don't have to vote on it. So we don't get to <laughs> actually see. There we um, go, you know, taking on oil companies. Right, let's stop that. I mean, give me a break. I mean, do you really think the filibuster was originally established so that we can allow rich CEOs and oil companies gouge consumers? Of course not. So this is a really good example of how the filibuster is being abused, and the people are with me. The people are for getting rid of the filibuster because they're sick and tired of the millionaires going to the Senate. Two-thirds of the U.S. Senate are, are millionaires going there for the express purpose of padding their pocket. They're there for their portfolio, their stock portfolio. They're not there to help out the people they're supposed to serve. This is just another way. This is just another way to make millions and millions of dollars off the hardworking families of our state and the country, and that's wrong. So what Governor Evers did, is it, is it good? Are we, is that happening then? Because I think anything, anything that is holding corporate America accountable, anything that holds corporate America accountable is a good thing in my book. Because it, it took says, us 40 years. It took us 40 years between Democratic administration, Republican administrations to start enforcing antitrust and anti-monopoly monopoly laws. We talk about taxing the rich, we need to tax the rich, but we also have to rein in corporate power on the front end. There's a reason why there's only a handful of companies that make a majority of the tractors in this country because we've allowed consolidation to happen. And now a farmer buys a tractor and he or she, they can't even fix, they don't have the right to fix their own equipment because these companies have a stranglehold on the market to say nothing about jacking up prices for tractors and inputs. This is something corporate control, corporate power is completely out of control. It's out of control in the city, and it's out of control in the countryside. And too many of these politicians, Democrats and Republicans, have bowed at the at the at the altar of corporate America, taking corporate pack checks, you know, letting billionaires and millionaires fund their campaigns. That's and this is not just Republicans, most 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 Republicans, but there's also Democrats too, and this is just wrong. Well, you talk about fixing tractors. People that, up about this, just t- like me. Tom, that's why my dad made me buy a 1996 F-150, because he said he could work on it, and I wanted to buy a newer one, but it's too computerized, he said. Buy the 96 F-150, we could put it up on the hoist and work on it. And then my dad proceeded to have to work on it more than any car in the history of his life. Uh, and all he did <laughs> all he did was complain about it. 
And I said, this is what you wanted, Dad. And then, you know, the truck sits up on the hoist for months and months. It's fixed it's now, there. though. It's, it's, it's still it's working perfect now in the driveway. It's working, but I, I haven't driven it because gas is five bucks a gallon and it gets like 12 miles per gallon. But yeah, the, the inflation costs we talk about, but we, we compare it to uh, corporations uh, just, just making record profits. I don't know how, how does a U.S. Senate or a U.S. Senator combat these things. Well, I think, you know, one good idea, uh, there is a senator from Rhode Island um, who came out with a bill that's going to tax windfall windfall profits for oil companies. We know that 60% of inflation is being driven by corporate profits, and sure enough, oil companies and big corporations are making record profits. It doesn't make sense. So they're making a lot of money, and and we're paying for it. We are fueling. We are. We not the economy. We are fueling these profits. So we need to return these profits back to people. So what I do is I support a profit win, a windfall profit tax for oil companies, and that should go directly back to to uh, to motorists and to consumers. That's how you start getting this stuff under control. Whether it's taking on price gouging, whether it's enforcing. Um, antitrust laws, whether it's making sure the rich are paying their fair share. These are all things that we are not doing, that we can be doing, and it will go along to, to reining in inflation, making life a little easier for the middle class. And the other big driver for inflation is our broken supply chain, because we have outsourced so much manufacturing that we don't control these supply chains anymore. It's ridiculous. America, we invented the semiconductor, the microchip. We don't make them anymore. And of course, you need the microchip for everything, everything from toasters to refrigerators to cars. And so that's the reason why demand was so backed up because of because the pandemic. And then when people were able to buy these things, they weren't able to buy because there was such demand and they didn't have the microchips because we got rid of making the microchips 40, 50 years ago. Now we have this thing called called inflation. And meanwhile, we've let corporate America run amok. So it's just a mess. So there is no shortage of issues and things <laughs> that I need to do when I get to Washington. Well, and it's going to be a busy, busy, busy term that I can promise you. And we will get things done. I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to do, but if we can get there. And, and that's another thing, too, why this race is so important. The, the control of the U.S. Senate, who's the majority, who's the minority, goes through Wisconsin. Just like the president was decided in Wisconsin, two other states, so too will the majority of the U.S. Senate. And when I go there, when I get there, we're going to get rid of the filibuster. We're going to start getting real economic relief to, uh, to Wisconsinites. We're going to give debt relief to farmers, to students. And by doing those things, we are going to put working families in control of this economy. And we're going to take power away from corporate America, who has had too much of it for too long, and I'm putting them on notice. Because when I get to Washington in January, they're going to see some changes. Well, and you talk, about, you talk about getting rid of the filibuster. We always do that for certain things. So it's not the, right. everyone, nobody has a great grasp on what the filibuster is. And um, it's not a thing that we just sweep across and it's gone forever for everything. Uh, the Senate just gets to pick and choose. And ah, we're going to get rid of the filibuster for Supreme Court justices. We're going to get rid of the filibuster for this and that. I don't know any other ones out of the top of my head. But we never kind of we never get rid of the filibuster for things that are like actually going to help everyday people. Right. Let's just get rid of it all. Um, or get rid of the filibuster. Real Come quick, on. I got to let you go. But like Foxconn, can we just convert that into a semiconductor factory? I mean, I mean well, it here, is. Let's a t- talk about Foxconn. This, <laughs> I am so glad you brought that up, and I'm so sorry for not bringing it up before. Oshkosh. Oshkosh Truck won a $10 billion contract from the U.S. Postal Service to make the next generation of postal vehicles. $10 billion contract. 
yay, we're going to get $10 billion worth of jobs over 10 years. Wrong. That contract is going to South Carolina. It's going to non-union South Carolina, where they are 45th in wages. And the reason why they say they want to go to South Carolina is because they don't have – there's not enough space in Wisconsin to build a large enough facility, okay? There's not enough land in the Midwest. Give me a break. What they need is they need about 900,000 a million square feet of warehouse space to be able to build a facility to make the vehicles. Well, i got a place for you in Mount Pleasant with a million square feet called Foxconn. So why don't we just do that there? Well, they came up with five, six, seven different excuses for it. So even when taxpayers have put money on the table to build this, and we have a great opportunity. Foxconn didn't work out. It was an unmitigated disaster. We saw it coming five years ago. Now we have have an opportunity to do something good with that, and they're still not doing another example, another example of how corporate America is screwing us all over. This has got to stop. We could go on and on about this because this is just a handful of examples. There are so many examples that are, that are affecting us and hurting us in so many different ways. It's wrong. Yeah, that's Tom Nelson running for U.S. Senate here in Wisconsin looking to take Ron Johnson's seat. Thanks a lot, Tom. I didn't mean to get your heart going on. there, but I appreciate it, man. You bet. Good to talk. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM gonna wrap up here I, i'm answering texts i appreciate everyone for texting me hard to hard to like have a conversation and and read all the texts at the same time it'd be nice you know these guys are going all over all over this the state if uh you know when and if they can come in studio then we can read the text together and kind of show them hey there's here's where the texts are coming from anyway i gotta wrap up thanks everybody for listening tomorrow uw lacrosse political science professor dr anthony Chagoski.